is about to get crazy in here. Anybody excited about the word this morning? All right, all right. All right, let's let everybody settle down for a minute. Settle in, settle in. Come on, make yourselves comfortable. Pretend this is a movie. You don't want to miss any part. Father, we just come before you, God, and we ask for your word, God, that it would speak to our hearts, Lord God, that no one would get in the way of speaking or receiving it, Lord, that it would find its way to our hearts, that it would take root, that it would grow, that it would change us from the inside out, each and every one of us, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, all right. Everybody's comfortable? All right. I like to start each message with a quote. Today I want my quote to be live. Amen? So listen up. Press in. All right. Um, it's kind of crazy how today we're talking about, like, you know, uh, God, you know, refreshing and building people up and everything. You know, um, for me in my life, I first started, you know, um, spoken word poetry at a time in my life when I was like really depressed. I was in the military um, every single day of my life, like for a year to almost a year and a half, like I would drink myself to sleep. Um, I smoked up to about a pack to two packs of cigarettes a day. Like I was just a mess. You know, I wanted to kill myself, everything. Like I was just lost, you know, and I think I'm thankful for the people I've had in my life that really supported me, you know, throughout them tough times in my life. And I feel like God gave me the ability to write, you know, as a way to channel out my, my, my problems or the way I felt. And this is for anybody that feels that type of way, like that they feel hurt or they feel down, they feel ashamed, they feel like, you know, there's no way that you could go by tomorrow or whatever. You're not going to make it. There is a way that you can make it. When you put your whole heart into God, you know, when you give your heart everything to him, that's the way that you're going to make it. No friend, no, no person in this world is going to treat you better and love you better than God. So... Without further ado, you know, this is uh, Eyes Wide Open, the title of my spoken word. And it goes, imagine if their eyes were truly open, if they could see the true love, that agape love that I have for all of my children, if they would truly understand the reason that blood was shed on Calvary for all of my children. Perhaps brothers and sisters would get along on one accord and place others before self. If their eyes were really open, would they continue to place my love like there used to be favorite toy on the shelf? Only to call upon my name when life struggles become too much. When they're in need of a helping hand or a crutch to see them through selfish times and every time the party life self-destructs. Like a ticking time bomb, they'd rather lie in a pool of lust, money, and greed. If their eyes were really open, perhaps they would see how my heart skips a beat, ecstatic, Elated at the sight of my most precious creations. I wonder if they knew how it really felt. The pulling of my hair. The slashing. The ripping of flesh. The spit in a father's face. Disgraced and laughed at by his own beloved. You see, I performed miracles of healing. Cured the drug addicted and consoled the self-afflicted. I sheltered and protected the prostitute. Spared mercy on the murderers. Blessed the wretched and claimed the homeless as my own. Provided homes for the orphans and blessed the childless with families of their own. Yet that wasn't enough. 
So I broke free the chains of the oppressed, casted out demons from those that were possessed, accepted any and everyone, regardless of race, believer or non-believer. If their eyes were truly open, would they continue to judge as if they were the ones who hung from the cross? Or would they choose to love the way it should be done? If their eyes were really open and I sat next to them as a man tattooed from head to toe, would they even know me? Or would they continue to turn their backs the same way they always have? Would it really matter if I was white or black? Short-haired or long-haired? Will you choose today to accept and let me in? Or will you continue to chase after the acceptance of men? If your eyes were really open, then you would know that I would guide you through the worst times, just like I did Daniel in the lion's den. Or through the fire, for no drug or no situation in life is greater than me. For I am he who has aligned and called each and every star in the sky by name. How much greater is my love and affection for those who I have predestined before the wind? Are your eyes truly open or are you infatuated by the world's temptation and sin? See, right here, right now, is the time to make a decision from deep within. No more games and no more excuses to be made. It's about time that you spark that flame of love and romance with the Father again. Remove the blindfolds and walk with your eyes wide open. God bless you. Amen. 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 Eyes wide open. Family, we, we got to see some of that right before our very eyes in the last couple of weeks. We've seen eyes being opened. We, we, we've just come through Easter, and Easter to me is like a, a reset. I love Easter because it's a time when the entire world is faced with the gospel. The world tries to make it about bunnies and Easter eggs and baskets full of candy. But the world does that with everything it can't handle or doesn't want to deal with. Because you see, if they can make Easter about a bunny that's made of chocolate, then we don't have to deal with a cross that's stained with blood. Tweet that. But the truth is, Easter, we're faced with the meaning behind the jewelry that so many like to rock. The, the cross that day takes on so much more meaning, and we kind of consider it for, for a moment at least. I know by, by Tuesday or Wednesday, unfortunately for many, the cross goes back to being a piece of jewelry or the base, the background of some tattoo, or somebody that we thank at the Grammys. I just want to thank God, you know, it wouldn't be possible. But yeah, it, it's true, it wouldn't have been possible, but you don't believe it, so shut up. But for some here and, and for some of us, man, I believe today our eyes have been wide open. See, when, some, when people are presented with the gospel, some respond and some retreat. But here we are. We've made decisions. We've made commitments. Some of us for the first time in the last couple of weeks. Some of us for the hundred and third time. But we resolved that this time we're going in. Is there any kind of people like that here today? We're ready today. Anybody? It's not about Easter. We're past that. We've made decisions. We've stood by them. And here we are today, ready, willing. I want to talk to you today about moving forward. 
And, and listen, understand, this isn't just for, for new people. This is, this is for each and every one of us because sometimes we all, no matter how long we at this, we get stuck. Anybody? We get stuck on stupid sometimes, right? Some of us get stuck on stubborn. Some of us get stuck on selfish. But we ready? Let me drop some profound wisdom. Wow, some of you are going to pass out. This is so deep and profound. Somebody's just going to hit the floor. It's so deep. Watch this. If we don't move forward, we won't get anywhere. What? If, if we don't move forward, we won't get anywhere. That, come on, that's deep. See, some of us keep trying and failing miserably, but you know what? I want you to be encouraged even in that, because even when you're falling on your face, you're still moving forward. Come on, say amen, somebody. All right, so listen, for those of us ready to move forward, it sounds like there's two or three of us in here, and that's awesome. That's all I need. For those of us ready to move forward, we're going to need a couple of things. Because listen, this is, this is a journey. This is not a short sprint. Some people don't, don't, count, don't count the cost when they get emotional at a church service and give their lives to God. And they say, oh God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to pray. Because that story touched my heart. Because this, I'm broken. I'm crying. I just, and and, and we, we don't count the cost. And by the time we walk out the door, things are already changed. We're back to who we were. But this is, uh, it's a long journey, man. It's not a short sprint. And so whenever you go on a journey, you need preparation, right? Whenever you, you're going on a, on a trip, you need provisions, right? So listen, this week and next week, I'm going to be talking about moving forward. Because there's a couple of things that we're going to need if we're going to move forward. Ready for the first thing? The first thing we're going to need to do to move forward is we're going to need to jump into the Word. I'm glad two of you are happy about that. But let me, let me explain to you why. See, God's Word, the Word itself says that His Word is a light unto our path. His Word is a lamp unto our feet. See, if we're going to move forward, I don't want to walk around in the dark. This is deeper than you're getting, so, but understand this. See, because some of us are used to walking around in the dark. How many of you in your houses, you can go from one end of the house to the basement on the back floor of the third level in the dark? How many of you, right? I know some of you are too chicken to do it, so you don't do it, but... But some of you, you, you can travel, because you know, you can go up the stairs, you can go down the stairs, in the dark, without even, you can go around, you know something's right here, you go up, 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 in the dark. Why? Because you've done it so many times that you, you can do it in the dark. Why can you do it in the dark? Because nothing's changed. Because you're not going anywhere new. Because you're doing the same thing every time, every time, and nothing's changed, nothing's moving, so we become dark walkers. The problem is, too many of us do that in the spiritual. We can do this thing. 
We can do this thing. We get up at this time. We put on our Sunday jeans. We, we get to church at a certain time. Some of us make it early. Some of us get late. Some of us, you know, get here and then after an hour we go get breakfast. Some, you know, we, we have our own things, right? But everything is the same. We never do nothing different. God forbid we get here a half hour early to pray. God forbid we get here a half hour early and just sit in his presence. Or God forbid we get here a half hour early and say and, and come to the to, to the to the handful of leaders that are here early from, from 930 and say, listen, how can I help you? How can we prepare this place? What can we do to make sure this place is ready for when my family comes later on? See, I mean, we, 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 we do the same things over and over and over again. So, so we become dark walkers because we, it's the same patterns year after year. But listen, if we're going to move forward, we're going to need the light. If we're going to move forward, we're going to need the word. See, I want to see where I'm going. I don't want to, I, I want to walk around boldly is what I'm trying to say. Right? You know how, how, how when, you, when you're in a new place or something's dark, then, then you start, you walk real tippy-toe, right? And you're like, whoa, whoa, bring, oh. You don't want to stub a, a thing. You're like, oh, oh, oh. And, and you walk real timid-like and you hold on to things and you go, okay, no more there. And, and you're walking timid. I want to walk boldly, man. I just want to, I want to walk and I want to know that wherever I'm going, this is where. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I have a light that I can see where is danger. See, the word, the, of the, the light of the word exposes things that we might trip on. God's, man, God's word is so timely. You could hear a word today that was written 2,000 years ago, and it could show you something in your life this week. It could expose something in your life this week that will stop you from falling on your face. It exposes those areas where we might take a fall and hurt ourselves. Listen, so, so let's, let's move on. As a church, we've been studying the books that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And Corinth was a big city. We've been talking about it for a little while. A lot of the same big city issues that we're facing here. And so when we read First and Second Corinthians, it, you can tell that he's talking to the church in the city. And it feels a lot of times like he's talking to us. Because he is. Amen? So we're going to pick up our study back up from where we left off in chapters 3 and 4 of 2 Corinthians. And Paul, he, he's been talking about exactly where some of us are today. Right? We've received this gospel, this glorious gospel message inside. Our eyes are wide open. And so now this light of Christ is shining inside of us. Anybody experienced that yet? It's shining inside. Now listen, light illuminates. I'm dropping heavy theology on you, right? Light is bright. If you don't move forward, you won't move. Anyway, anyway. I'm just deep like that. But, but so light illuminates. In this chapter, Paul is saying there, there's some consequences that come from walking in the light. How many of you love when you're, you, you're still half asleep and, and somebody comes and puts the light bright on in your room? Right? Well, 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 you see, a lot of times when we get the light inside of us, we're walking around, this light is illuminating, and your friends are still in darkness, and your friends are like, yo, you is type annoying right now. You might have noticed, you know, sometimes when, when we, you know, take these moves toward God, all hell breaks loose. 
All of a sudden, we start seeing all kinds of issues come up, all kinds of opposition. People you used to chill with and do these with, they, they, they don't always like it when you start shining. They liked it better when you was drugging, depressed, and diseased. Because they liked it better when you was cursing and creeping and crawling. You know why? Because it was easier for them when you were standing still. Because when you start moving forward, the distance between you and them shows them that they aren't going anywhere. And nobody likes to be shown that they're not going anywhere. That's why we got 40-year-old thugs still getting high on a corner. 50-year-old thugs still getting high. Some of the kids I went to school with, high school, if the ones that are still alive are still on the same block. Still getting high, still passing 40s. Like, really? Listen, if we're going to move forward, we're going we're gonna to need the Word and we're going to have to not be afraid to shine. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, Since God has generous, generously let us in on what He's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. Church, you can be honest and tell somebody it's not easy to be a Christian. Sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes people give you grief. Sometimes people give you issues. Some, some people will come to you with their grief and they tell you, listen, I don't know why you're always up in that church. And, and, and people will drop that get, their ghetto theology on you. Let me explain your ghetto theologies. These are people who never cracked the Bible in their life, but they'll tell you, I heard the Bible says, I heard, I don't know why you're reading the Bible, because I heard the Bible, there's contradictions in the Bible. I heard my cousin's neighbor's friend, he used to read the Bible, and, and he told my friend and my neighbor that the guy that lives next to him, his grandmother, she used to read the Bible, and, and this happened and this happened. Now shut up. That's ghetto theologies. So somebody will tell you, they'll drop it on you. Well, listen, I heard that church, that ch- the church this. I heard the church is all about this. And listen, my cousin, he was going to this church, and they told her, that, man, shut up. Amen? Amen. You're going to get this all dropped. Listen, you, you need to tell people, listen, I don't want to hear about your cousin's neighbor's friends. I don't want to hear about what they think of the church and the Bible. I, listen, all I know is that I was empty and I got filled up. All I know is that I was lost and, and I feel like I'm found. I feel like I found something. All I know is that I had no purpose and now, now that kind of seems like there's a reason for me, man. Like there's a reason for the way I am and the things I do and the, and the way I act. There's a reason. All I know is that I was blind and now it feels like I can see some things. Amen? Understand something. Paul tells us right here in, in, in that same chapter, verse 4. He says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So you understand that some people are blinded. The God of this age has blinded people. 
Who has he blinded? Unbelievers, people that won't believe. Jesus tells us in John 3.19, this is the condemnation that's on them, that the light has come into the world, but men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. So the God, listen to this quote I found, the God of this world is able only to blind the minds of the unbelieving. Refusal to believe is the secret and reason of the blindness that happens to men. Wow. So who is the God of this age and and, and what is he running? Good question, man. I love the questions you guys ask. Have you have you take have you took notice lately of our music industry? Have you took notice how many rappers are calling themselves gods or calling themselves God? Have you took notice about uh, how 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 the, the 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 it seems like we can't sing about anything else but ruling and reigning and and, and biblical terms and biblical right? Like there was nothing else to sing about. What God are they talking about? The God of this age will blind you. Listen, I don't have a lot of time to get into this today, but let's recognize something for a minute. I want to give you this picture, which is kind of crazy. The same way that you're sitting here right now listening to me share from the Word of God, and and you're allowing me to speak into your lives, there's very little difference between the way you're hearing me right now and the way you listen to whatever come out of your headphones the rest of the week. Who's ministering to you there? Listen, you got to hear this. You come to church once a week, maybe, on a good day. But Pastor iPhone, Pastor iPod, he's ministering to you every day for hours. For I, man, the, the, the train, I take the five train every day. The five train is such a religious place. There are so many pastors ministering on the five train. There is not one person sitting on the five train without a headphone. I said, God, there's, there's so many pastors ministering up in this train. Does it matter? So, so let me ask you, does it matter what we listen to? You tell me. Right, think about it. I'm not telling you what to do. I, I, I would never get up here and be legalistic and tell you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Man, but, but uh, all, my, all I ever want to do is have somebody evaluate what you're doing. And if it works for you, man, knock yourself out. But if you keep going through the same thing and hitting the same wall and falling in the same place and going through, then, then obviously something's got to change, right? And so if you're ready to change, evaluate what you're doing and change some of that stuff, Right? Listen to me, just to, just to jump on that for a minute. Those of you that love music videos, how many of you love music videos? Y'all don't want to admit it now? Come on, man. I thought it was some real people up in here. Now all of a sudden you're Christians? MTV is the pit of Satan. I, I would never. I have that blocked on all of my TVs. Come on, man. You, y'all should have screamed because you all like music videos. I'm not telling you not to watch music videos. I'm telling you, when you watch a music video, don't just put it on and let it rock. Watch it. Examine it. You'll be scared of some of the things that you'll see. Look, look at it. Really look for the symbolism in it. Look for the goat heads. Count how many goat heads are in your music video. And you're like, but wait, this is a song about love. 
So why there's six goat heads up in your music video? Wait, this is just a song that she's singing to her lover. So why is she in a pentagram spinning around? Look at the music video. Look at the, look at the message behind that thing. Look at how many times, how many references to God or being God or mocking God. Pay close attention to what you watch and watch as they perform rituals inside of circles and, and, and all kinds of sexual rituals inside of, 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 of circles with triangles. What's going on there? And I'm just talking about one Beyonce video. Forget about, forget about everything else. Yeah, I dropped the name. So what? She don't want to be furred that way, then don't do it, right? So listen, with your eyes wide open, you need to see this stuff and then decide whether you want to receive from that minister or not. That's what we're really talking about because it's time to move forward. Amen. All right, so let's. So I'll leave that alone. Everybody get uncomfortable. I'm messing with their music. Everybody like. I, I had to come today. We can't just talk about Jesus. We can't. We got to talk about music. Listen, another thing we're gonna need if we're gonna move forward, and this one is probably more for the church folks that've been around church for too long. Another thing we're gonna need. It's humility. Say it, humility. Listen, God cannot resist humility. But the proud, he has no problem dismissing. Every sin, check this out and, 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 and evaluate it. You know, don't just believe what I tell you. Like, check it, check it. Every sin that we do stems from pride. Every sin in it has pride, as the, as the heart of it or as the soul of it. Every sin has the seed of pride in it. Let's look, look, look at what Paul says in this passage in 2 Corinthians. Look how God sees it. He says, we have these treasures, these riches, the gospel in us, right? We have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is for my self-righteous and my holy holies. Listen, the second we think we're better than anybody or that we should be loved more than someone else or that we're more spiritual or we're more holy or we're more religious, and there's no humility in us. And that's ugly. That's uglier. Listen, I, I believe this. That's uglier then somebody that comes in full rebellious up in the church I'm and just against God. Why? Because they haven't had an encounter yet with God. Because they haven't had a relationship yet with God. I'd rather 16 rebellious heads come into the church and, and let God deal with them and let them experience God than, than two religious folk step in the church and start telling me what to do and start telling everybody here what to do and we shouldn't be drinking in the church and there shouldn't be hats in the church and the worship team should not have tattoos and on and on and on. Shut up, amen? The second, let me give you a picture about that. He says, we have these riches stored in jars of clay. Let me give you a, a picture. I, I brought this from home. This is cool. The ladies love this stuff, right? Come on, you guys love this. Some of you guys like it too, which scares me, but still. 
This is the thing you you guys know, right? You you it, it it's a light, and it heats up the the oil, the scented oil, and so so it gives light, just like a night light, and then there's a fragrance, right? That's good stuff. What's What's the important stuff? What's important about that? What are the features? The features are the light and the fragrance. If it didn't have the light or the fragrance, then it would just be a clay pot. And clay is cheap. Clay is cheap. So the word says, Paul was telling them, we have these riches Stored in jars of clay. Why? Because in that time, that's, they didn't have fancy, fancy stuff. Everything was clay. All their dishes were clay. All their pots, their cups, they're made of clay. Why? Clay is a cheap, it's easy to make, it's so common, the material is weak, it cracks, it chips. Right? So God is saying, listen, what's important is what's on the inside. Everything else is a jar of clay. You, we, we, we need to get this because, listen, without the shine and without the fragrance, it's an ordinary clay pot. And some of us, how many of you have cups at home that you should have thrown away a long time ago? <laughs> Come on, your favorite coffee cup? It got chips and chips. It's got a long little crack. You handle it gently because you know. But why don't we throw it away? Because the cup doesn't matter, it's what's on the inside that matters, right? As long as it can still hold your coffee, it'll still be your favorite cup. It becomes useless when it can't hold nothing inside. That's a picture of us, church. With clay pots, what makes us awesome is the light that shines in us. What, what makes us extraordinary is the ability to hold something inside of us. Amen? See, we too, we, we, we get too caught up on the clay pot sometimes. This is just a clay pot. This is just a seed that we're going to plant in the ground and bury. Amen? I know that's a sensitive issue right now. Because we just went through a serious weekend. We just... We just buried a seed this weekend. And, and that hurt us as a family. That hurt us as a, as a church. That hurt us as people that love. But I believe that the seed that we planted is going to bring forth life. Because that's what you do with seeds. That's what seeds do. You plant them, they die, they break open, and they bring forth life. Amen. One last thing I'll share from this passage. If we're going to move forward, and this one's going to matter. Listen, church. If we're going to move forward, one of the things we're going to learn how to do is we're going to need to learn how to pray. Now, there's many aspects. We could talk ten weeks about prayer, but, but, but listen, let me, for right now, I just want to deal with one simple thing. Prayer is simple talking and listening to God. A lot of us are good at the talking. Not so good at the listening. Amen? And, and the problem is, too often we run around like this. Hear this. But God, this isn't fair. But God, I don't have enough money. But God, why, why'd you let that happen? 
But God, I don't understand this. But God, but God. Paul, give you a quick background. Paul and his people, they've gone through some stuff. Paul, he's, he's seen some hard times. Paul has been beaten for just preaching, just doing what I'm doing. He's been beaten. He's been thrown in jail. He's been left for dead. His boys have been falsely accused. They've been attacked. They've been, they've been left for dead numerous times. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, he writes verse 8. He, he starts this way. He said, listen, church, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. Which means sometimes we have questions, sometimes we have doubts, sometimes we struggle. He says we're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. See, Paul knows how to put his butt in the right places. If we're going to move forward, church, we're going to have to put our butts in the right places. God, I got no money. But you said that you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. God, I don't understand why this has happened. But I trust that you know all things and that you are for me and not against me. God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I know that your peace surpasses all understanding. God, I may not feel loved right now. But I know that you love me and I know that you have a plan for me. God, I may be depressed right now. But, church, we got to learn how to put our butt in the right place. Amen? Amen. Bottom line. Paul closes with this chapter, 16. He says, so we're not giving up. How many of you feel that today? (laughs) We're not giving up. How could we, even though on the outside it looks like things are falling apart on us, but on the inside God is making all things new? And he writes, listen, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. I love the thought of that. Not just grace, but unfolding grace. And the only picture I could think about that, you know, sometimes when you reach in your pocket and and you thought you only had $2, and you unfold it to go pay for it, and there's a 5 in there? Right? I would have said 20, but some of you ain't never seen a 20. So, so, so I said, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm joking. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, what, what, what happened? You knew you had something, but, but there was more. Right? You, you opened something and you knew there was something there and you go to open something, but you, but there was more. When, when you start to unfold, you find more. That's God's grace. You, you know this grace. You know that God gives you grace. You know that He forgave you once. You know that He forgave you one more time. You know that you came to church today and the building didn't blow up. The lights went out, but the building didn't blow up. That was one of you. But, but, but you know that, that His grace, that He's given you grace once. But listen, God is saying this. My grace is unfolded. Oh, God, you don't know my grace yet. My grace, come, come up, Gary. You don't know my grace. My grace is unfolding. Worship team, come on, get them, get them hope. God's grace is like that. 
So the only way we can move forward, church, we need the Word. We need to be trained up. We need the light of the Word. We got to believe because when we don't believe, the God of this age can blind us. We can't be afraid to shine. We need humility. We got to humble ourselves, giving and receiving forgiveness. Listen, humility gives and receives forgiveness. Selfishness only receives forgiveness. This is tough, man. This is the whole message in itself. It's easy for us to, to sometimes to, to receive. Somebody forgives you and you, you accept that. Wow. Thank God somebody forgave me. Thank God you're still speaking to me. Thank God, baby, you still take me back. Thank God you still accept me. Thank God you still love me. But, but then somebody does something to you and forgiveness is shut down. That's a lack of humility. All right, I'll leave that alone. So we got to humble ourselves, giving and receiving forgiveness, understanding that we're no better than anybody else. Listen, if anybody in this church or any church ever tells you they're better than you, you're not good enough for them, you're not good enough for them, then you're probably too good to be up in that place. Get out. Amen? Because that's, that's, that's not Jesus, man. We need to learn how to pray. We got to make sure we put our butts in the right places. And lastly, for today, we can't give up. We have to press on. We have to stand and we need to trust on His unfolding grace. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Go ahead, G. I'm just going to ask you all to stand. Because I believe in order to go forward, first we have to take a stand. The scripture that Pastor George read, it says, we're pressed in on every side. How many of you are pressed in on every side? Everywhere that you look, the, the bill collectors are coming that way. The angry co-workers are coming the other way. There's a sickness coming that way. It says every side, sometimes it feels like the world is coming in on you. But it also says we're not crushed. As long as you stand for Jesus, the enemy will not crush you. It says we are perplexed. You know what that means? I don't know about you, but I don't understand half the stuff that goes on in the world. I don't understand half the things that happen in my life. So many times I think it's all coming together. It's all ready to work out. And the next day it all comes crashing down. I'm perplexed. I'm confused. But I am not, the word says, in despair. Because my trust is not in the things of this world. My trust is in a loving Savior. It says we are struck down. Many of you, you, you've been struck down many times. Some of you, you, people have stepped all over you. They've wounded you. they betrayed you. they put a knife in your back. See, this is real stuff in this world. It says we are struck down, but not destroyed. The enemy cannot touch you. He can't have your family. He can't have your life. He can't take your finances, but you know what you got to do? You got to stand. 
you got you to gotta do what Pastor George says. Anything in my life that's not going to produce fruit, anything in my life that takes me away from God, that separates me, I'm going to cut it out because the end of the chapter says, I fix my eyes on things above. I look at Him. The focus of my life, it's not on me. Uh, a jar of clay. I, without him, I can do nothing. So I, I want to ask you right now. How many of you, and, and please just be honest between you and God. You know why? Nobody's looking at you. If you're saying today, I'm, whatever it costs me, if there are things i got to pull out of my iPod, if there's movies I'm going to throw out, I'm going to go home and, and examine. There are things I'm going to get rid of in my life. There are relationships that tear me down. Friendships with people I hang out with. And instead of bringing me closer to God, they keep pulling me away. And, and sometimes... That's what it takes. It may, it, sometimes being a Christian is painful. There's things you got to rip out. But in the end, it's worth it. You know why? Because He's worth it. How many of you are saying today, that's me. I'm taking a stand. I'm standing for Jesus, whatever the cause. I hope there's at least one person here today. If there's only one, we can change this nation. Anyone else before I pray? Again, no one's looking at you. You don't have to look cool right now. You don't have to please the people around you. But if you're saying, I'm standing for God today, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand towards heaven and I'm going to pray for you. I'm standing for Him. Father, I just, I just pray right now for each one whose hand is lifted before you, Lord God. Father, I release strength. I release fire right now. Holy Ghost fire so that you can stand strong. And I, I put a hedge of protection around your heart, around your eyes right now. And I release cleansing over your eyes, all the things that you've seen. that have polluted your mind and heart. And in Jesus' name, I speak victory over you. I decree that you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get through. Your family is coming through. Whatever the enemy has pressed in on you, he's lashed out. He's trying to strike you down. But we're still standing. How many of you, you said, I'm still standing. I'm standing for righteousness. I'm standing.